hate this place right now. I hate it. Everywhere I look, I see them. I see Maggie. I guess that's why I, uh, I was so desperate to get out of here, why I kept throwing us ragged. But I gotta stop that. I, I can't keep running. I... This is my home. This is our home. Dean, I think I just need some time. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast, who is, which is hosted by people with souls, Chris. You and I That's right. both have souls. Right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah? I, okay. yeah I okay. agree. Yeah. We're here to talk about some Supernatural. We're midway through season 14, getting closer to the finale, which is scary yeah. now that I'm looking at it. Banshee beat, what's up? <laughs> Get at <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, thanks, first and foremost, to our patrons. Uh, I just want to give a special shout out to those people that are uh, getting access to cool exclusive content, accessing our Discord, getting episodes early, all kinds of stuff. Thanks for thanks for sticking around. We've got some uh, yeah. cool new stuff in the hopper that Chris and I are are kicking around. That, you know, that it's in the hopper, and there. and yeah. you know that should tell you everything you need to know. That it's it's, 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 you know, it's, it's in the hopper. Much like Ander- my favorite Anderson Pot song, it's bubbling. You might say it's bubbling and mm-hmm. um and i think that you all know that's a good sign yes chris uh catch me up dude what's going on season 14 okay you said you in said you life? said you wrote this well, when you were you were really mean you were really mean about oh, this so it's i was like, being so salty i was so hungry i'm still kind of hungry i'll be honest with you i ate some chocolate covered almonds they're great anyway last time was supernatural dean got owned so bad by a snake guy that he ended up with a concussion that allowed michael to slip out Free from his cage, Michael proceeded to possess Rowena and kill off every other hunter in the bunker. But just as things were looking bad, Jack stepped up and destroyed and consumed Michael using soul magic. With the big bad seemingly gone, it's only a matter of time before something else goes wrong for the Winchesters. Yep. This is season 14, episode 15, Peace of Mind. This was written by Steve Yaki and Megan Fitzmartin and directed by Phil Segrisha. It aired on March 14th, 2019. Pleasantville. Sam and Castiel follow a case to a picturesque little town in Arkansas, only to find out nothing is as idyllic as it appears to be. Dean and Jack take a road trip to visit an old friend. I wouldn't call Donatello a friend at this point, would you? I don't know. Like, I, no disrespect to Donatello. No, I just, I say, just like, don't. The, 
they don't they haven't participated in friendly behavior towards Donatello since they've met him. <laughs> like they were about to pull the plug on this guy last episode. Literally, so. we're about to kill that dude after stealing his soul. Like I I mean I know they didn't do it, but like he would have met the darkness no. if it hadn't yeah. been for Sam and Dean. Right. <laughs> so right. And I think, like, pulling the trigger on a guy because you're in a dire situation in the world of Supernatural, I, that's one thing, you know? Okay. Shit mm-hmm. happens, right? When monsters get loose, sometimes you gotta, you got to take a guy down and it hurts. But pulling a plug on a dude in a hospital is just a different level of dark. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> you know, extremely it's, dark. It's a little different. But, but you know, um, they, had a, they, had a, they had a prophet serial killer rolling around. They had to, they had to take care of that. Sure, shit, sure, sure, so. sure, 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 um, sure. Uh, this is... I like the uh, intro to this, the the uh, road so far on this, just because for a minute I thought it was just going to be a snake montage because <laughs> yeah, it started with it, the yeah. with the snake from the last episode, and then we get that snake shot from uh, I don't remember where it was. It's like when season that, four or something. Yeah, yeah it's it's old. Uh, old. It was old enough for me to forget that Dean has a thing about snakes. I kind of forgot. Oh, about maybe it, season so. two, the guy with the the who sees the the laser-eyed people in the bank yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not important. It's not important. Uh, yeah, the, that, that was, that was fun. Um, and then we just, we just jump right, we jump right into it. There is a, um, there's a fella looking like he lives in the 1950s. He's running from something. He gets to a diner. He sees who I presume to be his GF, um, mm-hmm. his girlfriend. They're probably going steady. Um, I think maybe that's the right terminology to Absolutely. use. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells him to run, or maybe she doesn't. She says she can't go with him. That's what she says. Uh, and he continues to run. We don't know what he's running from. What's going on with this fellow? He seems a little upset. Conrad, what's what's going on, buddy? Eventually, we see him run to a gas station, and this is where I got all confused. Same. Um, because we just I was thinking we're in a flashback, and then suddenly he's asking the, the clerk at the gas station if he can use his phone. He's This guy's got like an iPhone 11 Plus or whatever the fuck. Um and but before this guy Conrad is able to make any phone calls or anything, we we see his he's there's a ringing in his ears and we can hear it too. And um, the ringing gets more and more intense until this dude's entire head explodes. They're dropping. Uh, this episode is full of some um, some not red flags. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, some uh, some red, red herrings. Red herrings. Uh, because this this noise that he starts hearing to me is the angel noise of like an angel is trying oh, to talk to you. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, so I even put it in my notes. Like he starts hearing an angel, and uh, he grabs the phone, and then his head explodes. Uh, a neat little side thing is, as he's running through the 1950s town, the local theater is showing a uh, Scooby Doo marathon, which I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Yes, yes. Um, so our main episode, we jump over to Jack, who is bonding with Felix the Snake, whom he adopted after uh, they okay, killed Jack. The, the, the Gorgon. <laughs> Um, Castiel arrives, check on him. There's a lot of, a lot of, this is kind of a check-in episode. Like, everybody's going to be constantly checking in with how everybody else is feeling. Yeah. Um, Cass is constantly just like, are you fine? Are how you okay? do you feel? Tell me, you know, did, w- what's going on, man? I just, you know, let me, let me have it. Don't hold back. Uh, yeah. Uh, Castiel doesn't really think that Jack is okay. Um, and he even uses the snake and says, you know, well, like, you know, Felix has gone through a lot. Like you guys have both been through a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe you could talk to somebody. And I'm like, are we really talking about the fucking snake now? Um, yeah. Jack confirms that he has his powers back since he sucked up all of that uh, delicious archangel uh, grace. Um, but he doesn't know about his soul because he had to spend a bunch of his soul energy to take down Michael. He doesn't know how much is left, and he's trying not to think about it. He he 
he d- demonstrates his uh, archangel power by dancing a pencil across the room. Yeah. Which is he's back to his pencil, his pencil, his pencil his magic. Pencil. Um, All right, yeah, come, come so on down, Arkansas Chris. Pencil. Let's go. Oh well, so he's got his he's got his pencil, uh, and he's doing his little flippies. But we we soon realize, you know, he's got his power back, but he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like normal Jack anymore. And I think that's that's the start of something. He's like, I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on. I know I feel different. I've got my power, but I feel a little different, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Dean is in the kitchen eating what looks to be a delicious sandwich. Like that you know, sandwich was, looks good, and I think he's earned it, frankly. A hundred percent. You know, when somebody knows how to stack a sandwich the correct way so that it's edible and not like super gross, like it just looks like there's a, a, a quality amount of ingredients on the sandwich without going overboard, and I can really mm-hmm. appreciate that. I appreciate really Stack appreciate Chris. it. He's um, able to get his mouth around it, and exactly. um, as weird as that sounds, I think that that's part of it. You want it to. You, I think you want to stretch to the limit. But you still want to be able to get a full bite without, you know, without any issues. And more importantly, you want the integrity of the sandwich to to remain true. Like I don't want to take yes. a bite of the sandwich yes. and have all of the ingredients fall out of the bottom. And like that's that's mm-hmm. down to the snacking or stacking, excuse me. It's just down to how mm-hmm. you're layering mm-hmm. those ingredients in there, what kind of bread you're using, how much of the ingredients you're putting. You know what? We can save this for our other podcast. Like we can we can <laughs> talk about this on monster on sandwich of the week. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get yeah, into a thing. Sandwich of the week. Um, um but yeah, we, he he's doing okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just chill, he's just he's just trying to chill for the for once. Usually, it's like it's Sam is saying, "Gene, please chill out. Um, you got to re- rest and relax." Or, um, but Dean, you know, he's had like a guy hammering on the inside of his head for like six months. Um, so I imagine to just be able to fucking chill <laughs> for the first time in a long time is pretty good. Um. Unfortunately, when we cut over to Sam, he's less than chill, and he keeps seeing flashes of all the dead hunters, and he's hearing them them scream. Uh, and specifically, like we we linger on on Maggie, who who died last episode, along with everybody else. And this is clearly like this is taking a pretty serious toll on Sam. Forgive me for not remembering who said this in the Discord, but uh, someone pointed out that Maggie. Uh got killed by not one but two archangels and i just think that's yes. impressive like go go maggie yeah. <laughs> took a lot on, to on, make like the f- this time i guess this feels like you got killed by an archangel the first time lucifer just like snapped her neck which seems True. pretty lame yeah. um and you know i think that we knew it was coming because they kept using maggie and like she's not talked about in the fandom so it's not like she's gonna like make it to the end right you know and i mean like you know in what i see of the fandom on on twitter like i don't see her like this actress talked about which made me just assume okay she's not gonna make it they keep making this random background character more and more important she's gonna die um but i and i guess in a, in a way it's fitting that she that they all came from the apocalypse world they tried to essentially like live a lie because they don't they're not from this universe and and then eventually the thing that they were running from set things right by killing them all which i don't you know i wish that sam was still chief sam and i wish that maggie was still alive but i guess in a way it all kind of like makes sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean like again like we, we called it the, the very first episode of the season of like oh no these all of these people are dying like immediately uh like mm-hmm. or not, not immediately but we knew that they were not going to be able to last for a variety of reasons um and it you know, it does close the book on this like alternate world thing a little bit. I, I'm curious if they will go back to that well now that there's no yeah. other alternate. Like Kaya is still out there, right? Somewhere. Did she yeah. die? Uh, I don't. Darth Kaya I is don't, still out there. She doesn't know I about. Think she's uh, yeah. I think she escaped. 
What about her spear? Like she Michael doesn't know broke her the spear is broken. That's gonna be a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't she, talked about that. And she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know that Jack never is gonna help her go back to her universe. I mean, I guess That's, he can now, but I don't yeah, think we're so, ever gonna see her again. They're just not gonna pay attention. Any pay attention to that? But uh, yeah, like I, I, I do, I do feel bad. Like these are honest emotions uh, that Sam are, is going through, and um, you know, there's, I, th- I think they're really trying to pluck some heartstrings right here. But my problem is like we didn't. As much as screen time as Maggie got, uh, I knew I think it was so obvious that she was going to die from the very beginning that I just never bonded with her. Like I was like, oh, you know, she mm-hmm. seems fine. <laughs> like she's yeah. but definitely she was fine for a walking corpse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yep. Um, Dean is continuing to stuff his face when Sam comes in and says he found a case. And like you mentioned, Chris, for once, Dean is the one who says like, oh, geez, like we've gone through. <laughs> Dean is played by Morty Smith from the Rick and Morty show. Ah, oh, geez, Sam. Yeah. Um, Dean is, uh, <laughs> he's like, we've been on four cases. Like we need rest. I need rest. And I, I never say that. And Sam's like, well, look, I'm leaving at 10. So like, if you guys don't want to come, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castiel says, I'll go with him. And hey, like, you've got experience with people with no souls. Like, look after Jack. And Dean kind of pushes back against this at first. And, Jack, and Castiel is like, just do it. <laughs> like, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, just, Dean just is like, it. okay, I did not I did not handle the Sam thing well at all. So <laughs> please don't make me do this again. Um, but yeah, we. Um, I love that we're setting up a, a Cast Sam episode. We don't get too many of those. And, yeah, this um, is great. With the, uh, we we did get one not that long ago, and it was great. It, it was uh right. It was oh no, it was Sam and uh it was Sam and uh, uh Felicia Day. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Um, because I was thinking of the Dean Jack pairing. Anyway, Sam and Cass is a lot of fun. Um, whenever they let Cass, uh, do stuff and like be competent, because it feels like they don't always allow him to do that. Um, he's my favorite character in in like the current seasons whenever castiel gets to do cool shit castiel is my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> i i do miss the days where castiel uh just was a little bit overpowered uh like there's some fight mm-hmm. scenes in this and i wrote in my notes like oh it's castiel fighting three humans that he's millions of years older than and it's like punch punch block you know what i'm saying like i, I yeah don't but you usually he's like he, he you know he's throwing these weak flimsy punches and then he's getting tossed on the ground and his powers don't work like I kind of just sometimes I want Castiel to go in there and just like flex a little. You exactly. Know what I mean? yeah, he, yeah. he does that a little bit in this episode, which I do appreciate. If if he if he had walked into the room um and like there into this like diner in the last scene or whatever when he finally confronts the villain, like it just manifested some wings. Like the, the, everybody in this place would be like, "I'm out. <laughs> See you later." Yep. Yep. <laughs> Although um, it is interesting that in the last two episodes there has been something to do with the hunt where an angel is immune to it, right? Like the mm-hmm. snake guy couldn't see him in his visions and this, uh, the effects of this town or, or whatever uh, don't work on Castiel. And I, I think it would have been cooler to see stuff like that played out like, all, you know, along a, uh, a longer span of time or you hey. know, random episodes where it's like, wait a second, he, they don't know about Castiel or he's not affected by this. And uh, maybe he doesn't need to be super powered, but have that immunity and have that play into mysteries or cases or, you know, have that be part of the solution more often. I think it could be just, setting that up for season a, 14 finale. Dude. Like maybe, this could all be leading maybe. somewhere. So uh, maybe Castiel and Sam arrive at the gas station and Castiel's hoopty. This cracks me up because I've been in those kind of hoopties. It's just and like the, disrespectful that they weren't allowed to take the Impala. <laughs> the, the, the problem with this car, Chris, uh, is that I don't know if you've ever been in one of these, but uh, the front seat is a bench seat, right? So, yep. And in most modern vehicles, you have bucket seats that you can adjust, you know, forward or back separately. 
in this, the driver's position to the pedals is going to dictate how close to the dashboard the seat is, right? Like, and Castiel is not as tall as Sam Winchester, which means that Castiel ha- driving is, is going to scoot the, the, the bench seat up closer to the steering wheel, which means Sam's knees are above the dash at all times. Like he's, he's, he is just squashed at the, in, this, in the passenger side of this vehicle. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, Castiel, he's not like pulling that seat back and reaching those tippy, tippy toes out to the. So nope. uh, Sam actually has his feet in Castiel's lap. That's what we don't see. Ooh, that sounds like some fanfic we need to get into. Tell me more. Let's Chris. Do it. Somebody in the discord. Make it happen. Um, all right. So. So Sam's exhausted. They get they? out. Uh, Sam's yeah. super tired. Uh, he says they can't take a break because they uh, don't have a lot of hunters left. Yeah, um, there's no fucking hunters left. And he doesn't want to be home. This everything sucks. Um, so they go in and they talk to the clerk who watched our, our victim, Conrad, his head explode. Um, and all they really learn here is that he is from some uh, weirdo town up the road called Charming Acres. Is that right? Yes. I wrote that down mm-hmm. very confidently, but then I realized I never checked it. Um, so they should go check things out there. And Jeremy, what happens when they get there? Uh, they No bars. They no got bars no bars. Okay. And I ain't okay. talking about the drinking type. No bars. Um, and the place looks weird. Looks like the whole town is cosplaying like uh, Pleasantville, uh, and or you know the 1950s. I wrote, I wrote that these people were LARPing. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were all LARPers. I thought they were 1950s LARPers, and I was like, you better get what's coming to you. You know, enjoy <laughs> your life, do whatever makes you happy. But if you're a 1950s LARPer, um, we, you know, I got a thing or two to say to you. <laughs> they uh, they get out of the vehicle. They stumble into this couple. Uh, this is the Smiths. Um, they don't really know anything about a dead body, uh, but they, you know, Sam and Castiel pretend to be FBI agents. They see Sam's cell phone, and the guy specifically seems to be uh, very weirded out by the cell phone. He keeps repeating the word cell phone over and over again. Uh, and but I they, thought that this was really, like, hokey and silly, but... But it's going to come back. Yeah. But it uh, came back. They direct Sam and Castiel over to Harrington's, which is the local diner that we met Sonny at earlier. Uh, and when they go in, it's kind of another time warp. Uh, Castiel says this is weird. Uh, they take a seat at the bar. Sonny brings over these delicious milkshakes, which are going to be kind of a... Everyone's going to be talking about this milkshake, these milkshakes all over the place. I haven't had a good homemade milkshake in a long time. And man, did, Dude, this, make me, did this make me hanker for one, Chris. One of my favorite things in my youth was a, just a good old-fashioned milkshake. Whether it was from like an actual uh, good like diner or or something or just from like mcdonald's or burger king or wherever the fast food joint i was going to i loved milkshakes so much and you, you know what i can't have in my life anymore jeremy is milkshakes yeah yeah that doesn't doesn't do well with lactose intolerant people uh but boy if you have a strawberry milkshake and some, milkshake and some salty fries don't, let me tell stop. you i don't want to talk about it i can't i don't want to talk about it anymore let I, me I, tell I, you um it's, it's making me cry <laughs> So uh, Sam samples the milkshake, falls in love. Uh, the owner comes out. Uh, I don't know that this dude ever gives his name, but he's the owner of the of this diner, and he's also the mayor. And he recognizes that they're the quote unquote flatfoots that he's been hearing about because uh, you know uh, bad gas travels fast in a small town. Yeah, we've been here for thirty seconds. What do you mean? And he uh, he says like uh, he's oh Conrad had an aneurysm like we heard about this like some cops came by and asked and they're like oh and and Castiel chimes <laughs> up he's like oh no his head exploded it was like a melon on the surface of the sun and poor Sonny is in the background like oh my god uh. um and the mayor says well I don't really know much about Conrad but I can direct you to where he was staying um they head over to this inn uh they meet the who I, a person I called the innkeeper this entire episode I don't know if she has mm-hmm, a name either mm-hmm. but she's very nice I she's 
I did. I think I did write her name down later, but she's the woman who runs this boarding house that Conrad mm-hmm. was staying at. Uh, they're going to go in and search for uh, the usual. Um, but before they can even really, like get in the door, she's already like, oh, agents, like I was told you'd be coming, um, which seems pretty weird. Seems very weird. Uh, before we get too far down that path, we go back to the bunker where Dean is packed up and he sees Jack trying to feed the snake. Uh, Jack like has a been serial trying, killer. Jack has been trying to feed, make the snake eat. Uh, it's that, that snake is not eat and is not eating. And Jack thinks it's because it's sad and depressed. Uh, so Dean suggests, hey, you should feed the date, the the, the snake bacon and jack's mm-hmm. like i know n- i'm not going to do that and dean's yeah. like well instead let's go on a field trip together and before we do that i'm going to make some bacon for myself yeah <laughs> so, i mentioned bacon so now i want to eat bacon them's, um, them's the rules at the winchester bucker <laughs> that's right so here i started to think you know as we're, we're wrestling with the question of does jack have a soul anymore i'm like well he cares about this snake you know and it's this this small thing and maybe it's a little weird um but he cares about another thing and he's trying to he he understands that it's sad and he wants to make it feel better um but i also feel like that maybe is kind of a red herring a little bit yeah um and this this whole thing all of this snake feeding thing was really confusing to me because they got i don't know like they 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 set it up so it was going to be way more important than it actually is based on like what happens at the end of the episode and i'd I don't know. Like they just talk about what to feed the snake a whole lot throughout it, and I, I didn't bond with the snake. The snake never does a trick. The snake no, doesn't do no. anything cool. The snake doesn't save and I anybody. Wonder, they have a little bit of a conversation later, so I'm wondering, like, this whole thing is this Dean just trying to say, like, hey, what do you want? What is it that you need? Not what does the snake want to eat, but hey, Jack, what do you want? Um, and I don't know if that's a, a metaphor that's stretched so thin that we don't know that it's even happening or if it's if it's just they're actually just talking about the snake and its diet <laughs> just a very weird vibe throughout this it's whole very thing weird vibe. Snake. very weird vibe. Um, and and what, i i appreciate that dean is like this is weird this is a weird vibe <laughs> we go back um, to the innkeeper uh or to the i wrote to down sa- mrs miss dowling is what i okay, wrote as her name sure. don't know if that's true don't clue um, master me on that one uh miss dowling that's correct as, as she only b- rents to men because women living alone is immoral. And I think that we here at Monster of the Week agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Women are not allowed to live on their own or rent, rent a place or should own property or vote. Uh, we don't we don't agree with that at all. Um, no, no. She looks at no. Castiel and another weird moment of this episode um, says, you know, you know, like she puts a lot of emphasis on like, you know what I'm talking about. And Castiel like looks bewildered, bewildered by this. He's and like, if, what the fuck are you talking about? And if you'd had a video game on my face, it would have matched this expression. Uh, a video game? A video camera on my face. Oh my uh, God. Because I was extremely confused by this. I'm like, well, is she, is everybody here evil? Like, this seems weird. Does, yeah. d- do they know well, he's an angel? Castiel is the only one who says who says women's rights, which it feels like we're past that. Like we're onto trans rights, like where we're trying to get rights for other people at this mm-hmm. point. But Castiel, he still he says he says women's rights. He's like apparently in this town, I have to fucking say it. <laughs> they didn't and get that's the why everyone's everyone's so weirded out by him because Sam he just goes with the flow. Sam's been pretending to be you know somebody he's not his whole life, so he can roll with whatever. But Castiel is like, no, I thought we said women's rights. Dean taught me. <laughs> How how are they still in the Thirteenth Amendment? We've got a whole other. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of other amendments here. Like, we got a whole <laughs> other heap of issues we're trying to sort through right now. And y'all talk about women's rights. Um. So Sam gets her out of there. Asks for some coffee. Uh. What? Well, so Cassiel can can search the room where he finds a bunch of love letters 
Um, yeah, he's, dude, he sniffs Conrad's underwear. He finds his love letters. Yep. Um, Sam comes back with the world's tiniest coffee cup in his enormous hand. Uh, and we do find out that the only thing, uh, what's his name here? Conrad. Oh, I guess I didn't need to interrupt you to tell you this because you probably would have gotten to it in a second. The letters that Castiel finds are from Sonny, who works at the diner. Okay, yes. sorry. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, he reads that he calls them surprisingly passionate. Because Sonny talks a lot about the uh, the girth and the weight of his, and then Sam, of course, interrupts because Sam is terrified of human sexuality. Sam, as we all know, doesn't want to hear about Conrad's cock. Nope. <laughs> Does not. Doesn't need to know any details. Uh, Sam is very embarrassed. He doesn't know if he has a normal one, so he's just very, very shy about talking about anybody else's. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Do you think yep. that's the way he has to? I would say I. I'm do, gonna. Do you think I, I would have wager. A normal one? I would wager. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd wager that Sam does have a normal one. Absolutely, yeah. But, but he's very, very worried that he doesn't. And that's, exactly, that's all he's we know. Very concerned. Yeah, just, just you know, like I mean, like going up to Castiel and being like, I know, I don't, I don't know that you have one, but is, do you think that I have a normal one? Castiel's like, what do you mean you don't know if I have one? I'm in a human body. <laughs> Chuck made this for me, and he knows that I'm in love with Dean. Jimmy Neutron had had a kid. He gave me a thing. He gave me one. He gave me one. Sam, why would you think that I didn't um, have one? Uh. He starts talking about, where do you think Claire came from? And he's like, wait, is Claire your daughter? Wait, wait. wait, who's the... Wait. Sam says, does Claire have one? He's like, no, wait. no, no, no. <laughs> talking about it's not it doesn't matter it's none of your business first and foremost why are you like, asking about people's privates <laughs> yeah sam's like wait so who's the father he's like me i i mean i mean jimmy Neutron is not. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> this is why we don't hang out <laughs> uh, i'm gonna name this episode sam has a normal one and people are gonna think he's just it's the common expression but no <laughs> oh yeah like he's having a normal day no 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 he Nuh-uh. just has a normal one but he's but he's shook about it he's he's very he's very shake about it <laughs> this is why we don't hang out sam i swear <laughs> to god <laughs> just, you're sitting in the back on the ride home okay we're not doing this again just picturing like uh, John leaving for the weekend, Dean making Winchester surprise badly on a hotel stove, and and poor shy Sam, that little short guy Sam that plays him in the in the flashbacks, being like, "Hey, hey, Dean, <laughs> do you do, do you do you know if I have a normal one?" <laughs> Dean's like, "A normal one." Dean's like, "I'm what? going out. I'm going to the arcade. <laughs> I'm going to the arcade, my man. Eat this Winchester surprise." <laughs> and then twenty years later. 20 years later, he poses that same question same to Castiel. That's when Castiel freaks out. And we know right, because what are we talking about here? Ba- based at the end of this episode, too, we know that Castiel and Dean keep in contact a whole lot. Like they, they, they're, they're, mm. they're, they're they, they gossip Caspi back and snitching. forth. You know, Caspi snitching. So, you know, you know, as soon as Sam left the room, Castiel was texting Dean and being like, Sam just asked me if he has a normal one. And Dean was like, just say yes. Trust me. <laughs> don't ask any questions. <laughs> just say that he does and like let him go. He's fine. Um, where are we? Yeah, yeah. So this is where Sam starts acting funny, right? He says, um, hey, you know, we, we, we got those love letters. Uh, we'll ask Sonny about them tomorrow. And Castiel's like, what, what do you mean tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, it's getting late. Like, so-and-so is making a pot roast. Like, let's just stay here instead. Um, which is kind of weird for Sam. Sam's usually a little bit more gung-ho mm-hmm. about this stuff. Yeah, Sam um, hates pot roast. Uh, so, yeah, Ca- you know, Castiel's a little, hmm, about all this. Then... We see the dude that, what is his name, Justin Smith or something? Is, yep. is that, I don't mm-hmm. know. 
Um, we see him from earlier, the guy who kept saying, cell phone, cell phone. He's back at home with his wife, and he is having memories, like something scratching at his brain. And then suddenly, uh, the memory of buying his daughter a cell phone bursts forth. And then he's like, wait, holy shit, I have a daughter. And he starts freaking the fuck out. All these memories come flooding back. Suddenly, he doesn't know who he is or where he is or what the hell he's doing. Uh, he starts to run out of his house. That ringing that we heard in the cold open starts again. Um, and this is basically a repeat of Conrad uh, as he runs down the street in this like suburban um, dark sidewalk with the street lights and everything and the house lights on. He stops in front of a street light and then his head bursts and we don't get like a super cool effect. But I imagined that there was one. So I was very pleased with this shot. Yeah, this this actually looked pretty good. Like he could see something leaving like his head doesn't explode, but like you could see a piece of his brain like going to the moon or whatever. And I was I was kind of mm-hmm. here for that. Um yeah. Meanwhile, Dean, Jack, and Felix are road tripping. Uh, we get this very uncomfortable and awkward exchange. Just that, you know, again, this episode is full of these weird, awkward. Like, it almost makes me feel like I, there's a joke I'm missing out on on some of this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Because Dean is trying to get Jack to eat something, and when that fails, he tries to get to feed the to feed like the, one of these like Twinkie off-brand Twinkies to the snake, and it's like I don't angel think angel cake un- or a devil cake. Yeah. Uh, is that what it? That's I didn't even notice. Yeah, Was yeah. it an angel cake and, and so, devil cake? And he's trying to get him. Jack chooses the angel cake and Dean is like, whew, okay. I didn't. Chris, I did not. dodged. Are you fucking, are you? I'm serious. That's, that's really there. That's not true, right? That is true. Of course it's true. Yeah, I'm remembering it now and I was like, why is, why is Dean look so concerned over Jack eating? Like, is he thinking that if he doesn't have a soul, he won't eat? I I I don't actually know. I don't know if it's a if it's a devil cake, uh, but I did see that he he's looking back and forth, and then as he's choosing the angel cake, I realized what it was called. So I assume that the other one was called a devil cake. That's you know that an is assumption r- on that absolutely part. ridiculous. That is yeah, the but funniest. Dean, thing. Dean is very relieved <laughs> to, to to realize that okay, he chose the angel one. How is um, that even possible? This is right after. This is right after. Jack turns to Dean and says, do you think I have a normal one? And Dean is like, I beg your fucking pardon. <laughs> have you been talking to Sam? And then Sam? He, holds up, he holds up the snake and he's like, do you think he's a normal one? A normal snake? And Dean is like, oh my god, okay. Yeah, no, I, th- yeah, I think he's a normal snake. I think yeah, he's a normal uh, yeah. snake, that's fine. And yeah, I just confirmed in that episode, it, it is Devil's Food Cake. Oh my god, he actually... <sighs> I get, that's a lot to process. Like, yeah. That is an incredible, incredible big it's brain a, it, play by Dean Winchester. Yeah, it's I gotta just a say. gag. It's just a yeah. gag. Like, I, but Dean like is really concerned about it. Like he's got a lot into yeah. this. Like he's got. If, De- <laughs> if what do you think would have happened if Jack had picked Listen, the devil's food? Like he would have been concerned. D- Dean, <laughs> Dean has been under a lot of stress recently. So I think he's and and suddenly they're like, hey, you know, you're not going on a hunt, but we need you to deal with this Jack situation a little bit. Figure out what's going on with him. And he's like, uh, okay, I'm not really mentally prepared for this. So this is a Dean Winchester who's like trying to be crafty and like, okay, all right, you got. This, Dean. You could do this. Let's just. Um, what's a way to prove if he's good or evil? Um, oh, okay. I got a I, perfect, perfect. I got an idea. We're here. He just throws these two fucking snacks in this bag. I, I'm um, a, a, a God. What if he had chosen Skittles? What would that have mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's the type of thing that he'll he'll think back on in like a couple hours and be like, that was that was fucking stupid. Why so did I fucking do that? stupid. Was I? Do you think it's just but in the, the moment? Sna- he's he's immensely relieved. Do you think it's just the presence of the snake that is just confounding Dean? I think mental so. process. He's I, just short circuiting the dude completely like not to like compare traumas but i do feel like he's like i just got rid of michael and now you got a fucking snake in the car <laughs> i did not <laughs> sign up for this shit it's the same this kind of feels the same 
Um, we go back over to Yo, Castillo. Yo, that case got a lid on it. Like, <laughs> the snake's just out. He's just in the back seat, Jack. <laughs> this is not a normal one. I take it back. He's not normal. This is not a normal one. Uh, we go back to Castillo, uh, presumably the next morning. He was trying to find Sam, but Sam is not in his room. He goes downstairs, and we have this another extremely like awkward interaction where uh, Castiel has to like yell at this innkeeper um, to get her attention, and like because she's vacuuming with um, headphones in, which yeah, also was really weird to me. I was like, wait a minute, so it's a 1950s thing, but they they have headphones? Like, I'm very confused what the what the rules so that, are. So that's definitely a weird thing, and and Castiel like, gives her a weird look, but they don't come back to explain it. No, nothing um, at all. Absolutely. So not. I don't know if it's just like this woman is supposed to like be in on it. So I I really I don't know. I don't know. Those are uh, Sam's headphones. That's what I'm going to say. She okay, stole Sam's sure. headphones. Stole, stole Sam's headphones. Uh, she says Sam went for a walk and a milkshake. Nothing like a morning milkshake to really get the day started. Uh, Castiel drives Nothing over. Nothing like a morning milkshake <laughs> to get the BMs flowing. Get, you know what I mean? get, just to get it all out of your system at once. You know what I'm saying? Just to yeah. get everything out. Yeah, yeah. You're good for the rest of the day. Um, just that heavy depth of milk, you know, deep in your gut. You know, I think that's good. Yeah, just nothing, 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 something to spice up that drive to work, right? That thirty-minute uh-huh. traffic drive to work. Am I gonna make it? Am I gonna make Castiel, it? Castiel, Castiel is like, I take it back. It's not a normal. It's one. not a normal one. Uh, Castiel parks at the um, at Harrington's, and for whatever reason, and TV shows are very strange to me sometimes, Chris, because this is again, is I feels like an inside joke that I'm just missing somehow, but like. The hoopty has a giant like line of bird shit on it, just a yeah, an enormous, and it's not. It doesn't look like real bird shit. Like I mean, it doesn't look like a bird shit on the car. It looks like somebody wanted you to think that it, a bird had shit on the car, and I don't mm-hmm. understand why it's there. Or like, am I supposed to chuckle at that? Is it? I don't know. Is so did you notice this? Things... Is this is this just me being weird? No, I didn't notice this, but it ju- it does feel like there's supposed to be all these little things that are like. I don't know, like telling Castiel he's not supposed to be there or something. But I'm also now I just can't stop thinking about the headphones. And like, obviously, I made a note of it, but they never come back to it. And they I never, don't want it. Why did she have those headphones? Yeah. And like, I, it's just it's so weird. Uh, so Castiel runs into Sonny at Harrington's, um, who is um, trying to be evasive, but eventually tells him like, oh, well, Sam was here, but he left after they heard about what happened to Mr. Smith. So Castiel drives over to Mr. and Mrs. Smith's house where he meets Mrs. Smith. And Mrs. Smith is the reddest of herrings that we've ever seen in my life. Um, he, she mm-hmm. immediately looks like she's doing a bunch of evil shit. Uh, but we get some really good lines out of this when Castiel's trying to say, like, hey, I'm looking for my partner. He's a tall man. And then he just asks, hair? <laughs> hair? <laughs> like beautiful, beautiful hair. <laughs> he's, got, he's got beautiful hair and a normal one, if you've happened to have seen that. He's just totally normal yeah. down there. Um. Um, and she's being like, oh, well, would you like a drink? How could I, what can I do for like not breaking this like manic facade that she has going on until Castiel goes to sit down in her husband's chair. And then she she loses it and she screams at him not to sit there. And that's when Castiel is like, OK, you're fi- actually you're finally acting in a way that I can react to. Like, I'm I'm more comfortable with you freaking out than for you acting super normal. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I he starts asking. He starts kind of breaking it down to like hey i heard about your husband and she's like kind of confused like he, he's dead and she starts laughing he's like no you're I'm fine he's like no your husband's head exploded like and she's like, no, my husband is right here and then walks sam who is wearing a cardigan and glasses and believes now that he is justin smith and does not recognize he's got a Castiel. little 
ponytail. He's got a little, a little bit. That's someone should hand that dude a snake. I mean, that's that's sign number one that you need a snake. Is that little ponytail? I so oh, what year did this come out? I'm very, I'm very. Twenty nineteen. Maybe maybe it was. Okay, so that was not long enough ago. I was at a friend's house once. My hair was really long, and I had tied it up, and there was people there I didn't know. And this woman turned to her husband, and she said, um, "Oh, it's like it's like Sam Winchester or like Jared Padalecki." I don't remember which one she said. And I was like, "Oh, you like Supernatural?" And then you know it was a conversation, but I was like, "Wait, why did it be tying my hair up like that make you think of that?" But this episode didn't come out yet, so I don't know. I, I don't know mystery. If that's the case, she definitely said Jared Padalecki because I feel like I've seen Insta photos yeah, of Jared it must with have his been. hair it must have been. tied up. That was a long time ago. That was a long time yeah. ago. Um, Castiel thinks that that. Sam is doing a bit and like does some real awkward winks at him, which Sam as Justin just like rolls with, doesn't really seem to think anything is out of the ordinary with that at all. Um, eventually Sam sends Mrs. Smith out of the room, but still doesn't drop the ruse. And Castiel realizes that like something terrible has happened. Um, there's Sam's this been brainwashed. Another extremely weird line that stuck out to me is Mrs. Smith comes over and she says like, honey, we're almost out of olives. Do you want one or two? And he says, "No, I want three. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little frisky." And like they roar at each other. Yeah, like, yeah. What? I don't, I don't what? know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there, uh, and I don't like it. I, ref- I don't want to acknowledge it because I don't like it. Roar, Chris. What is <laughs> I that? I can't even make what, that. I feel like I'm back on MySpace. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Castiel also does not like this, so he starts getting a little aggressive, saying, like, your name is Sam Winchester, you know, what the, what the hell is going on here? Uh, and Sam, as Justin, kicks him out of the house and scolds him for using language like H-E double hockey sticks, which Castiel is very confused by. Um, so something is definitely going up, going, going awry in this town. We have not figured out what it is yet. Yeah, something, something fishy's going on. Um... So we go back over to where are we? Dean. Uh, Dean and Jack roll up to Donatello's house um, because, you know, they're worried about Jack not having a soul. So let's have him go talk to a guy who doesn't have a soul. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's just figure it out. Um, and Dean just kind of leaves Jack to go in and talk to Don on their own and they can have a, you know, a soul to soul combo uh, or, or lack thereof. Um, and he'll just go hang out in the car with the snake. Not a big deal. Um I do like this, and how now that Dean's alone, he's just like way more apprehensive of the snake. Yeah, he's not. He he, he can drop the front. Um, yeah, I I do like that Dean is very direct with Jack when he says like, you know, hey, we're here, be like, you know, we're worried about you, and if you don't have a soul, like, neither does this guy. Who else would you would should we, should you talk to? Um, like he's, I felt like I feel like a previous version of Dean would be like, oh no, I just wanted you to hang out or whatever. Like we're just we're here to. Like, he would make up some elaborate ruse, and none of that. He's just like, no, no, you need to talk to this dude and try to figure out where you're at. Um, and it and it works to a degree. Uh, like, they go in and they have this conversation, Jack and Donnie do, about, um, you know, t- the idea of having a soul, uh, not having a soul, uh, what, that, what that feels like, if it feels like anything at all. Uh, Donnie describes this as... Um, much like the galaxy that has this, you know, it's full of stars on the outside, but it has a, a black hole in the center. That's how he feels, where he's all bright and shiny on the outside, but in the center, it's just black. Mm-hmm. It's just nothingness. Um, it's not sadness. It's literally nothingness. Um, and Jack kind of responds and say he doesn't really understand how he feels. He just knows that he doesn't feel nothing, but he doesn't feel the same as he did. And really what he wants most is just, for Jack, or excuse me, for Sam and Cass and Dean 
to just stop worrying about it. Man, he just needs some space and time to figure this out. And uh, <laughs> Donnie's <laughs> apparently Donnie says like, you know, you just basically you need a moral compass. And for me, the best person I know is Mister Rogers. And I just asked myself, what would Mister Rogers do? Because Mister Rogers is the best guy that I know. And I really wish Donnie had said, because Jack asked, like, who's Mr. Rogers? And, like, that, we're not going to do that whole thing. But instead, you know, Jack hears this and says, no, right. I, oh, by, you know, I, best me and I know are Sam and Dean. So I'll just ask myself, you know, what would the Winchesters do? And I kind of wish that, you know, I think we could have avoided probably five episodes of season 14 if Donnie had just been like, let me introduce you to Mr. Rogers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That here's, might have been the, uh, here's the Bob Ross about this. and just, you know, Mr. Rogers. What, what, would Cast, what would Castiel do? What would right. Castiel do is a good question. Like, what would yeah. um, what was his mom's name? I've already forgotten his mom's name. Like, she, that would probably be a good place to start with. Like, I'm, just, I'm not saying Sam and Dean are yeah. bad dudes. I'm just saying they have made some real. <laughs> They're not bad been, dudes, but they do a lot of bad shit. Yeah, like they've been forced to make some decisions that you know maybe aren't the most ethical in times. Yeah. 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 Let's just say um, it's good that they've prevented the apocalypse one or two times. So, so like they're <laughs> to balance the yes. scales of like the morally yes. reprehensible shit they do on a day to day basis. Sam had sex with the werewolf and drank demon blood, you know. And I'm not saying that having sex with the werewolf is an inherently bad thing to do, but you know it leads to some dire consequences sometimes. Anyway, do you want to get back into um, our is is it a, like consent issues with werewolves? We had that whole conversation. What feels like literally we, years ago. Yeah, I don't think I'm prepared to tackle that again. Okay, um, that's fair. It's it's summertime, it's everybody. Su- it's getting sweaty um, in here, so we got we gotta we can't we don't have time to talk about werewolf consent issues. Right, right. Um. Anyway, he'll use the, what would the Winchesters do as his guiding light going forward. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they come outside. Donnie talks to Dean a little bit. Um. And uh, he also he just drops this casual line like Jack is probably the most powerful being in the universe. So who knows what's going on inside of his head? And Dean's like, yeah, I can tell you he's getting into snakes. So yeah. it's worrying. We're all a little concerned. We're all extremely, extremely concerned. Okay? We're all a little concerned, Don. Now go back inside and eat your KFC or whatever, you son of a bitch. I feel like this is uh this is using Donatello in a good way, uh, and I, I've got a lot of goodwill towards Donatello. I actually, yeah, I agree. I um, agree. I, I feel like this is a, a really fun conver- a fun way to have these conversations, and it feels like very well realized. Like I think this is this is good shit. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we go back to Harrington's, where Castiel confronts Sunny. He calls her a witch and accuses her of brainwashing the whole town. As uh, she tries to deny it and say, no, it wasn't me, Castiel says, fine, I'll, I'll rip it from your mind. And his eyes flash. Um, and then just then, the mayor, a.k.a. her father, shows up with Sam Winchester and other guys <laughs> in tow. Some, um, yeah, some lackeys. And we get our... The least threatening lackeys you've ever seen. I mean, like, a couple of CPAs, right? Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't know if it's the CPAs. I'm just saying you got you guys look nerdy. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Uh yeah. I we get our big villain reveal, I guess, about what's going on, our monster reveal, if you will. Uh and A, it's just a guy. And I think I'm well on record for like I don't we don't know why this dude has powers or anything, but like it's just a dude. And then also, I don't feel like the way that this guy presents anything that he has done works with the things that we have seen happen in this, in the episode. And I get, and I'm kind of fresh. I feel like this brings this episode down. So the mayor says, uh, things were great. Uh, Then the mill closed. And then the 
his his wife died. People started drifting into and out of the town that was on its last legs. He started hearing these whispers. He started shouting at these at these whispers, these voices that he wants to make things better. And then one day that he said like, "Hey, I want the I want the diner to be full again." And sure enough, people were there. And that's when he realized he could make people do whatever he wants. Uh, Castiel calls this a mind control psychic, and he says that he you know that the mayor says he remade the town. He gave everybody new names and jobs. And if they didn't go along with it, he got rid of them. Um, the only person this it's, didn't work on was Sonny. Yes. Uh, and we'll learn in a few minutes that, that I think Sonny is his daughter. Um, it's unusual for Supernatural to not really try to explain anything. I just feel like this is like a pretty powerful thing that's happening that they don't explain. Like, they don't explain, like, did he erase people's... I mean, I guess maybe they, they, they do kind of get into a little bit. Like, so he wrote over people's memories because he believed that it would bring them happiness, right? Like, this, the, the idea was all these people were fake happy. Um, but then, like, what what's going on with, with the woman with the headphones and, like, some of these other people who are, like, waking up and realizing they have real lives elsewhere? Um, it just doesn't... They don't explain enough about what, it, like, what his power did that kind of just leaves me being like, okay, so he's just... He's just a, he was an incredibly powerful dude, but what what now? I don't know. I, I'm very confused by this because uh, we're going to see in the ensuing fight that like he he's literally like forcing his will on people. So is he setting up little like mental time bombs, and that's the way, reason Conrad and the the guy from Houston like when they started realizing what was going on, their heads exploded. Like how did Conrad get five miles down the road before it happened? Like we don't. Yeah. There's no flashback to like the mayor being in the and at the convenience store or the mayor being next. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't show that any of that stuff. So I'm just left with mm-hmm. this idea of like this dude just telling people what to do and it working. Like I don't know how you make you tell people that they have a new life down to the point where it, it, the the wife, right? Like Sam Winchester's Justin Smith's wife, uh, who is obviously completely subsumed in this role, like. I don't like how do you get her to make a pot roast? Like, are you telling, or is it that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really need that explained down to that point, but it just feels weird that they don't even bother to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, how has nobody noticed? Like there's a whole town of this. And like, literally like people come from out of town like the, the ups guys aren't confused you know what i'm saying yeah I don't, they call like call him a demigod or something i just go oh okay but like because he's just a guy that with no explanation yeah. it really makes me wonder what the hell is going on here like he got um, powers at 65 like what <laughs> i guess it's like he creates a bubble and then within that bubble everybody has free will they just don't realize that they're in a bubble um so free will in quotations. I don't really know. I assume that everybody can just do their own thing, but they're under a spell that makes them act in accordance to what he believes is is happiness, right? Which to him was this like shining 1950s era um, TV sitcom town, right? Um, uh, and I guess everybody is just under that spell, so they all act accordingly to to that fake reality. I I don't it- know. I'm just and I just want to mention this like if you if if you're like I like this premise a lot and I want to I would wish this was done better like even if you're not into the MCU like go watch WandaVision because mm-hmm. I don't think it's much of a spoiler at this point to be like oh like this this person with superpowers goes into a town and literally overwrites a bunch of people's memories and makes it to a sitcom like it's exactly the same and to a, a weird degree <laughs> biggest very, biggest surprise for me with WandaVision was finding out that it was a Marvel thing so you know you can't uh <laughs> 
You didn't know that WandaVision was a Marvel thing? I did. I I asked you at one point, or I said it on here at one point. It was like three or four episodes in, and I was like, wait, this is a Marvel thing? I thought it was just like a weird (laughs) sci-fi show. (laughs) That's very funny to me. Yeah. And Um, I hadn't seen Vision or whatever his name is. It's not important. It's not important. Yeah, his name is Vision, and her name is Wanda. Uh, Anyway, um, so to finish this off, the mayor does his speech. Um, the mayor uh, tells all of his goons and Sam Winchester to go after Castiel. And there's a big fight scene. Um, he runs after Sonny, who like ran outside. He tries to pin Conrad's death on her because she's the one that told him what was really going on. Um, so that was her fault that he died. And um, Castiel, meanwhile, is fighting off all these dudes. Sam Winchester uh, manages to get him on the ground and grab his angel blade. And Castiel uh, has this like kind of big moment, I think, mm-hmm. of saying, like, you know, fight this off. I, I know where you're at. I know you just want to be happy. I know how it feels to lose an entire army and to fail. Um, but if you if you do this, if you sink into this, like there, you know, that failure won't mean anything. Like you won't even be able yeah. to learn for it. Uh, learn from it. I, um, I, I really like this moment. And I think it makes up for us not getting a clear answer to what the fuck is actually happening here sure, or why yeah. it's happening, how it's happening. Um, because saying the, you know, I know what it's like to lose an army. I know what it's like to fail as a leader, which is a different kind of failure than yeah. they've really had before. And I never made that connection with Castiel because back when he was doing all that angel stuff, it just always kind of felt like background noise. We, we were never super into any of that kind of it stuff. It felt amazingly um, superfluous. Like we just didn't, yeah. I mean, even though like we saw like Sam and Dean get escorted into the army base or whatever, like it still feels mm-hmm. like, I don't know, still felt like, I, I don't know, it just didn't feel it's, important in a way. You know. So bringing that back here now, suddenly to, for, for Cass to draw on that experience, it was like, oh, wait, that's actually really good. Like, if anybody could understand this particular pain that Sam is in, it would be Castillo, because he has gone through it. He lost his soldiers, and he failed his men, and, and um, wasn't able to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. You know, Dean was, he was part of it. He was chilling. He knew these people. He probably cared about them, too, except for the guy who kept calling Sam chief. He's glad he's gone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was different. And for Sam to try and really step up and be a leader and, and set up this organization and get these people hunting and, and living safely and happily with each other, uh, that meant a lot to him. And then, you know, they all died. I, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't Dean's fault. It was Michael's fault. You can't blame anybody else but Michael. Yeah. Um, and but it's still it's like that specific kind of failure of leadership. I think is is really weighing on Sam. And so I just I liked I liked this moment quite a lot from Castiel. And it works. More importantly, because uh, Castiel, excuse me, Sam slams down the angel blade, uh, but does it on the side of Castiel's head. Uh, the two of them rush out into this argument between the mayor and her and his daughter Sunny. Um. It, this this again goes to something that I really don't like sometimes where uh, all of a sudden he can just like telekinetically throw people across the room, which he does. Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay, sure. Uh, and then he yeah, starts. This guy's got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And like, again, like you didn't notice any of these powers. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. And, and, and like, they may try to like come back in the next episode and be like, because Michael's spirit was blah, blah, blah. People have, or I don't know what they're going to do with this, yeah, but it yeah, feels yeah. It feels just like, oh, we just want to send Castiel across the room. Um, but uh, he starts killing Sam with the same kind of noise. And like he, Sam starts doing all of the weird uh, face bubbles that we've seen with the other two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sonny, kind of out of nowhere, uh, yells at him and, and like the voice, which like if you've seen Preacher, probably like that's where I would get, get I get Preacher vibes from this. Um but she uses the voice on him and he just 
stops killing Sam. Sam is saved. Um, and she says, hey, if you wanted to be happy so bad, I will make you happy. And she does something to him. And Cassiel has to walk over because the dude just like kind of falls down on his legs and is still upright, but just like on his knees. And Castiel puts his hand on it and says, Lord, he's just trapped inside his own mind. It's this beautiful, happy world, but it's one where he won't be able to hurt anybody. Um, and that's it. Like, yep. there's no follow-up with this girl. No no explanation. It just feels like no. it was like a random episode of a different TV show that got dropped into here. And, and um, like, I like the vibes of this up leading up to yeah. this. I just, I don't feel like the, the reveal... Um, is just in line with anything that was happening in the I, show I think at all. It's like the the setup and all of that stuff and then uh the resolution, I think it's all good. But that, that pesky little reveal in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's mm. the problem. And then like and then to not even like they don't even have a conversation. Like Dean doesn't even ask, "Well, what'd you do with the girl?" Like you know, because like yeah. uh, there's a point in time where Dean would be like, "Well, she's a monster. She has to die." Yeah, we <laughs> like, have to we have to go yeah kill the psychic kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very weird, but we just, we're going to ignore it. Because um, back at the bunker, so Dean, uh, this isn't very important, but Dean asked Jack if he had a good time or if he had fun or whatever. And Jack just said it was it was illuminating. And to me, that's very troubling. Yes. <laughs> it's very troubling. It's very troubling to <laughs> Dean, too, because like as Jack turns around, he's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, he doesn't say that, but his his entire like expression, like his entire demeanor is like, what the fuck did you just say to me? It's yeah, illuminating. What yeah. is that? Um, Sam and Cass get back. This is where we find out that Cass snitched about the whole thing mm-hmm. to, to Dean. Um, and I hate that they do the like, so you were really happy, huh? It, Sam's like, it wasn't real. Okay. It wasn't real. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we don't need to do this. Like, he was literally under a spell acting as a different person, like everyone else in the town. It wasn't his fault. Um, it wasn't like he was the only one who was happy being somebody else. It was everybody. Um, but yeah, he says, um, you know, hey, there's not a lot of happy going on here right now. I hate this place. Everywhere I look, I see them. I see Maggie. Um, but he can't keep running. He has to, you know, has to. This is our home. This is. We need to chill. Uh, and Sam says he just needs some time. Dean pats him on the shoulder, and that's kind of that. Yep. Uh, we go to Jack, who is putting Felix back in his cage. He's holding Felix, and he says to Felix. Uh, Castiel says you miss your friend and that you need help uh, Sam indeed would help you so I'm going to help you see your friend again in heaven and then he turns the de- snake to dust and like I don't know someone should teach that dude about purgatory because that Gorgon is purgatory. definitely not yeah, in heaven he's not going to see his friend I don't think snakes <laughs> go to heaven no offense to snakes uh, yeah. I just don't think that snakes have their own separate them. heaven like, I, I 100% believe like, that snakes have their separate of all, heaven of all animals specifically snakes maybe don't go to heaven yes um, absolutely Yeah, all dogs so but this heaven. whole time snakes all dogs heaven snakes uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. um, no way they that you know they had this whole snake thing going on the whole episode so here i am thinking jack has lost a lot of soul but not all of it because he cares about this snake but then seeing him just evaporate the snake at the end i was like okay no he's fu- he's fucked up yep my boy fucked up he's uh he's super fucked up this is not good um i am even though we've kind of all of we've kind of done some of this with um sam in the past of his like uh, he needs a moral guidance because he doesn't have a soul and he just does, he acts on impulse or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, we kind of skimmed over it, but uh, Donnie talks about not having a soul as being, as not having pity or empathy um, or like yeah. any kind of care about anybody's feelings. 
and so the idea of this incredibly powerful being having to be guided along like that, like it sounds familiar, but I'm actually kind of here for that if that's the last plot because it's not. I like that as an idea of as a, more of a villain as opposed to something like Michael, right? Like, because eventually right, right. Jack is going to realize like he's going to do the Thanos bit, right? Like he's going to go, well, I can I can cure hunger by killing fifty percent of the population. Right, like I'll, that mm-hmm. will fix mm-hmm. the climate. That will fix no, hunger. You that just will fix... double the amount of farmers. Okay, <laughs> I've played enough simulation games. You don't, you don't cut the people in half. You double the farmers. Nope, okay, nope. you cut, you cut the people in half. It solves a lot of problems. Autumn is 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 all team Thanos. By the way, uh. she's she's ready to purge the population of fifty percent. Um, oh no, oh no. <laughs> every time we watch, every time we watch the Avengers, she's like, I think Thanos was right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think the idea of uh, Jack trying to work through some of these moral quandaries at the power level that he's at is something that I'm interested in, of like realizing mm-hmm. like I can, I, I can just immediately affect change uh, through these powers that I have, and it's morally wrong for me not to do so. And then Sam and Dean going, well, like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you just you just yeah. fucked up a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's 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 dial this down Do we, a little this bit. Episode, this episode literally ending with like the telenovela. Um, like Castiel is like out in the hallway peeking through the crack in the door, yeah, <laughs> watching again. this happen. It's like it's the best shit ever. But um, that camera, you know, I I do think this turn with Jack was probably inevitable. But I'm still kind, I'm still interested in it. I'm I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. You know, if um, you know, this essentially their son, for lack of a better term, if he becomes the big bad, or he decides I'm gonna go kill God and I'm gonna be the new God or something like that. Yeah. You know, would would that be a good thing? Would he be better than Chuck because he's influenced by the Winchesters who we as viewers, we see as heroes or whatever? Um, or would that be a very bad thing? Will he be the new devil? Like, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? I'm into it. I think this is going to be like, I'm, I'm into the idea of this. And I'm wondering if this is mm-hmm. what's like extends into season 15. So uh, it, yeah. do you have any final thoughts about this episode? Cool. Uh, cool episode. Good time. Mm-hmm. Hang out. I uh I think this episode is has some has some execution flaws. It's it's got some major issues right right there. Like really bottlenecked some issues right there, but you know, I think it comes out on top. So. I think I think it I think it manages to be good despite those issues, which is which is always impressive to me. So uh, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely here for that. Um that's it though. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our patrons yes. for patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh thank you to people buying our merch. We have a T public store that has stickers and books and shirts and hoodies and all kinds of shit like you can go buy it's all very cool of you to do coffee mugs coffee mugs absolutely absolutely 100 percent uh go check out all of that stuff monsterweek.cool has links to everything that you could possibly need uh thanks to the people communicating with us on social media i just continually am astounded at the people that just randomly send us supernatural related tiktoks uh most of them are very good (laughs) Uh, you know the ones that are bad you know who you are i've told you Uh, but Yo, more bites. You get more, that in the DMs. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to block that account so I never have to see this again. Uh, thank you to everybody out there that is just listening to the podcast and telling their friends about it. We very, very much appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with Whistling in the Dark. Ooh. Ooh.
Chris, motherfucking Moser. Uh-oh. Hey, can you hear me? Oh. Hey. Yeah, I can. Sorry. Oh. I took my I took oh. my headphones off for a second and then I saw you appeared. <laughs> I was I was immediately here as soon as you did that. Um Hopefully this will be the last week of my spotty weird internet causing issues. It's supposed to uh we're supposed to get an upgrade next week. Which Fingers kind of, crossed. What kind of upgrade? I want to know. Give me details. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't give you details, actually, because my dad handles my grandmother's internet. That's all I know. It's fair. It's fair. Fair play. Yeah. As, as, as um, folks say. He told me about some bits or something, and okay. I said, you don't know what that means, and I don't know what that means, but it's supposed to be better. So, that was the extent of it. That's Hey, better is better. That's what I say. He said, you're going to have to move the air conditioners in the basement so that the guy can get to the box. And I said, okay, Padre. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem, Daddy-o. <laughs> Not an issue for me, Gary. I can move any air conditioner you got, my dude. Name it. Name an air conditioner. I'll move it. I don't care. Um, I like seeing, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like some air conditioners or maybe it's a radiator company. They're named Resner. Uh, because apparently like, that's what Trent owned Resner's, by Trent. Yeah. Well, apparently Trent Resner's like dad or granddad was like a manufacturer <laughs> of radiators or something. They all, so, they all come from money. They all come from money. They all, you know, everybody gets a head start. It's air conditioning fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine trying to start a goth empire without your dad's yeah. air conditioning fortune. You know, Couldn't we talk about these, these great artists in history, Oscar Wilde, Shakespeare, who, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what's his name? The it, guy it, who cut it, off his ear. <laughs> <laughs> da Vinci? Is that the guy you're looking for? That's not Da Vinci. It's uh That's totally Oh da Vinci. my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It was not Leonardo Da Vinci. It was the it was other Leonardo, dude. It was Leonardo Da Vinci. Oh my god. He invented what the helicopter and he cut me? off his hair, ear. Oh my god. I'm googling it. This is so I'm, you're gonna be you're gonna be so frustrated when when you hear the answer because I already know it obviously and I'm just refusing to tell it's like, you. It's Vincent Van Gogh, like it's Chris, one of, it's, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, fucking, it's fucking Van Gogh. It's like it's like one of like the biggest names in art ever. Chris, just anyway, watched, just watch Doctor Who. Sponsors. He was on Doctor Who, or, or that's how you that's how you would know that. Jesus. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, but they all, they all, uh, but they had sponsors. They they weren't just out here of living. Course. The art life, creating mm-hmm. beautiful art. Okay, so uh, and I feel, that's why I feel we need so Patreon. bad for my. I feel so bad for my artist friends who were like, "I'm sorry, I didn't. You know, I haven't. I haven't arted in any while. I haven't put any art on Twitter in the like a day because it's it's been super stressful and I'm moving and my mom and dad are sick and my dog needs to be walk eight hours a day or it'll die. And I just you know I just been run down a little bit, so I haven't. Done. And I was like, it took 16 years to make like that. What what is the thing that I'm thinking of the uh, the the Sistine Chapel? Like it took that dude yeah. forever. That dude camped yeah, out you, there. Do you think that guy? Do you think that guy could could churn out nude fan art once a month? No, he could not. He would no. crumble under that pressure. Okay, so <laughs> he artists, would die. you just he would immediately you keep die. doing you keep yeah. doing your thing. Those guys, I don't care how talented they were, they did not have the same pressures. Okay, and they, I don't think they could do a nude a week. I don't think they could do it. I don't think they could do a nude a week either. I don't. I don't think it would be possible. Although that's why Van Gogh cut his ear off because <laughs> he got he tried he started a, he a do nude, it. nude he a week program. Under the pressure. He lasted six weeks, and he was like, "Oh my god, this is this is so hard. I'm gonna cut He's my like, ear if off." If I see if I ever see another titty, 
I'm going to lose it. So he cut off his own ear and he was like, I look at this instead. I can't believe people are paying me to draw Mad Mickelson's cock ear <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hate on Vincent Mango. That dude was apparently had had mental issues. So like, no, no, not trying to make yeah, light no, of that. I just, no, of course know. not. Of course not. Also, just just but, saying that like, don't burn yourself out there, artists. Don't, don't, no, don't worry uh, about of it. Course, we of will course. we will and love he, you and your Mad Mickelson penises uh, drawings no matter what, even yes. if they come. Once every six months instead of once every month. And you can only, I think you can only joke about mental illness um, once you've reached, what, like the 300 year point. Like if he's a guy who's like known, like mm. his whole thing is that it, he cut his own ear off. So I yeah, just yeah. feel like it's, totally it's open now. It's yeah, open yeah. now. But it, normally, yeah. Mm. Um, it, it's like, uh, it's it's like uh, we can all make fun of Socrates fucking boys because it was like a thousand years ago. Right? Sure. Did did he? Was that, did he do that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like young, like prove young, me wrong. Young ones. <laughs> young ones? <laughs> uh, I just that's a, that's a rap line, and I can't remember where it comes from. But yo, fuck boys like Socrates. I fuck boys something something. Oh, that's yeah, that's uh, that's Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 yeah. Childish Gambino. <clears throat> so I don't know. Prove take it, take it up with Donald. <laughs> don't yeah, take it up with me. The, we need some facts on that one. Where's the yeah. Wikipedia entry on that one? When you only learn history via Childish Gambino songs, you know you're bound to get something wrong. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he'd be spitting though. So you know, he'd be spitting. I saw. I didn't watch it, but like, he's got a song with Beyonce that just dropped a video, and I was like, "Wow!" Oh, really? That's, yeah, that's. Have, have you have you seen all the Kanye stuff today? I I saw a picture like he was streaming on Apple Music, which I didn't know was a I, thing. I it, it, it I didn't know like it was a thing either. I he, hopped in for a second, and uh, it was it, first of all because it's just like on the iTunes app. It's this tiny little square window, um, and it was just to do it on a laptop. It was just to do it on a laptop. Okay, I mean, okay. <laughs> like, with like with like Audacity open, like it wasn't even like <laughs> good okay. software. That was it. That was the entire thing. But yeah, I don't know. I saw a screenshot of him. Like it looked like he's in. It looks like he's in a jail cell, and I know he's just mm-hmm. like below the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta still. Like he's just been like camped out there for a while, which is really weird to me. But you know. You do you, Kanye. Um, and then apparently he just went to sleep and kept streaming. Like he turned all the lights off in that little prison cell that he was staying in and just went to sleep. Like, and I can't, I, I've seen a bunch of like what a videos of, of people like <laughs> streaming for 24 hours straight and literally just, you know, like they're raising money and they just fall asleep on stream or whatever. But like, I can't imagine having a camera on me and then going like, okay, I'm going to get under the cubbies and it's time for Betty bye. And I'm going to sh- get, get shut my eyes and count some sheep and then go to sleep knowing that I'm being streaming this to millions and millions of people. Like, I don't know, dude, like I just couldn't do it. Like I don't need cameras on me at that much. I don't, I don't need cameras on me at all. Do yeah. not perceive me as Chris Mosher once said, but that's right. Don't, I don't want you to even know about me. Don't yeah. like, do not I'm, perceive I'm me. Please download my podcast. <laughs> do not perceive me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I am interested in what that album is going to be. Like I, I, I got about, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked it about it. Like, but I, it can't be good. It can't, it can't be, be good. good. It can't possibly be good. And I, you know, the idea that, um, like a post-divorce album from that dude, and oh, it's post. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, this is post-divorce. That's oh, that. You flipped the script on me. I'm, I'm see, in. I'm all see, in. See, this is. And I was just about to complain about this. Like that, people are going to be saying that this is a good album because it's post-divorce, uh-huh. and there's all yeah. of this like thing around. Oh, personal trauma makes good art. Like you have to, you have to be in a shitty place to make good art, and all of this other stuff. So I can. No, I'm that's just not true. I just, I just only like sad songs about like breakups or whatever. Because yeah, um, yeah. You know, I was emo. It's just when you get into emo. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I but I will as an ambassador okay. of emo. My first mm-hmm. concert 
was My Chemical Romance. I can speak as the ambassador of emo. That's fine. Um, so if my first concert he, was ZZ Top, what does that make me the ambassador of? Just going with this logic um, real quick. The I think uh, like uh, g- gas station beer. I don't know. Um, okay, cool, cool. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take. I mean, <laughs> please buy Miller High Life and download Monster of the Week. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I think that you know you get into emo and you like listen to all these breakup songs, but. Uh, you've never been in a relationship, and I think that that's a really big key component of being young and emo. Um, very, very sad about breakups, having never been broken up with. And I, um, I don't remember why I said that, um, but that's what makes me like breakup albums, I guess. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's that's why you're that's <laughs> why you're excited about a post a post divorce Kanye album. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think there's some like there's some like 33 year old guy listening to this podcast first of all no there's not uh second of all uh, <laughs> does not seem to be our demographic listen, <laughs> listening to this podcast being like did this guy really just accuse you of best review when his first concert was michael mccormick listen i'm sorry okay and there's i wasn't a around for sunny day real estate okay i'm not old <laughs> enough i'm sorry that i was born in 1990 there's a 55 year old guy saying did this dude just say that he was the ambassador for miller high life i can't fucking believe this <laughs> I'm gonna get my Milwaukee <laughs> Beast guy on the phone. Dude. They're gonna have a fight. Be like, wait, is that a, is that a position you can apply for? <laughs> I've been drinking a Milwaukee High Life all my life. I can be, I, um, I can be the guy. It's interesting that you say that you got really into emo because uh, you had never experienced a relationship before. But like the the mm-hmm. idea of experiencing a bad one or going through a breakup was really appealing. Because now I'm looking back and thinking like, oh. Was that why I was obsessed with Tori Amos for so long? <laughs> like, was yeah, it? I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> is that endless is that pining. what happened? I never yeah. experienced uh, sexual harassment or sexual abuse or any kind of weird stuff that Tori Amos was singing about back in the late nineties. But uh, man, I sure fucking bonded with it a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> just pain, and it just speaks. It speaks to something in your heart, even if it's just something simple. You know, that serious trauma can trickle all the way down to just young Jeremy in Louisiana. You know, it's something Tori, in your heart. It speaks to you. I also That's have art. experienced little earthquakes and. And I also feel like I am from the Choir Girl <laughs> Hotel. Do yeah. you play Dark Souls? And are you interested in being yeah. on my Dark Souls podcast? <laughs> uh, never heard back. Um, never heard back yeah, on that one. Yeah. I, I listened to, I don't remember what I listened to when I was a kid. Definitely still Final Fantasy soundtracks. I don't want sure. you to think that, that mm-hmm. is, that's a mm-hmm. new thing. Um, I had a burnt CD with with some Final Fantasy songs on it. And then like whatever was popular at the time, like late 90s, like in sync, like boy band stuff. Okay, um, sure, 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 sure. Because uh my sisters i liked whatever they liked kind of um and then i started savage getting into garden Lincoln. in there What's there, there was definitely some savage garden in there mm-hmm. uh that one song um yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i got into lincoln park because lincoln park was also popular but it was like you know edgy for a 10 year old um and and then i think i just in middle school i was like no nah, i only like like classic rock now like i'm cool and then okay. green day <laughs> i like classic rock and i like green day Those i thought you were about things. to say that green day was classic rock and i was going to no, just no, no. turn to dust on the podcast i, never, I loved, never recorded you really loved uh guns and roses Hell as yeah. you know Hell i was a huge course, gnr course. fan mm-hmm. um and just kind of whatever i was, it was like pink floyd you know whatever get my, my little grubby little mitts on you know acdc yeah, yeah. that was very cool and then in uh art class in seventh or eighth grade i remember the kids would put on uh you could bring in cds and our teacher would let us listen to it and um they these kids would always bring in screamo like um i don't know if screamo is the wrong word but that's what i called it that's what a lot of people call it so uh, it was like census fail and bands like that and hawthorne heights all like the emo screamo whatever it was and i was like this is trash i hate this um this isn't real music what is he even saying and then like one year later i was obsessed with all that crap um but uh, i don't I can't, <laughs> I 
keep losing my train of thought. American Idiot came out when I was in eighth grade, the Green Day album. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what took me like to the, the whole other side of like, oh, wait. Green, oh, Green Day, they make cool music still. There's no, they're not classic rock anymore. <laughs> uh, it's then I got into MCR and all that shit. And... I, I grew up with like classic rock and country. Like that was the, mm-hmm. that was, those are the two radio stations, right? Like that was it. It was classic rock and country. And by the time I started getting into my own music, um, like I, I, have a, I have a very vivid memory of sitting on the floor of my living room uh, w- watching the Closer video and my parents, or my mom and my stepdad are going like, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you, this is not allowed. I don't know when that song came out. That had to be like 91, I guess. I don't know when Closer would have come out. Um, but like I, I remember getting into my own stuff, but I just didn't have the access to it. Like I just didn't, mm-hmm. like CDs were just becoming a thing. Uh and like I just, you just, you know, everything was <clears throat> so expensive. Like it was just, there was no, yeah. the, the idea, there was no burning CDs. Like uh, you could, you could dub stuff onto a tape, uh, but like even that was was kind of crazy. Like, and I remember trying to like record songs onto a tape from the radio. I did a lot of that. Um, so there was a like for me, like I'm probably one of the like, I think if you were born in 1980, you're probably the, the last generation of people who like got into music via the radio, I have to imagine, Mm -hmm. because like on Friday nights I could catch um, 97X, I think it was, out of Shreveport. Uh, (laughs) Like couldn't catch it during the week for whatever reason, and like clear Friday nights I could tune it in, and that was like modern rock, right? Like I heard the Butthole Mm Surfers for the first time. I heard Green Day (laughs) for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like they were playing like stuff that my definitely not anybody else was playing in my neighborhoods. And then... As I got older, like college radio, right? So uh, the college radio station at um, in Monroe, which was KNLU at the time, uh, it, I think it's now KULM, but uh, they would do like, hey, new music dropped today. Let's play the entire album on the lunch break, um, which oh, is yeah, like yeah. how I got into like some really cool stuff. And then when I moved down south, uh, KLSU, which like KLSU has an app. Um, and you can just stream KLSU College Radio, and like they are still putting out bangers. Like when I travel through Baton Rouge nowadays, I still put it on KLSU, and I'm tagging shit left and right, going like I've never that heard rules. this. What that the rules. fuck is this? And then when I get I get real, um, I, I have I get that real sense of uh, fucking like superiority when I travel when I'm listening to KLSU and they play a song that I've already li- know about and listened to that I didn't <laughs> find out from them. I'm like, yeah, yeah motherfucker, yeah. I got I got taste. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Um, but yeah, listening to KLSU like absolute defined i remember hearing uh bombs over baghdad for the first time uh, on oh, wow. klsu and, and not even recognizing that it is as an outcast song just going like what in the fuck is this and like that's trying that's to crazy. find it like immediately running and trying to find it on napster because <laughs> that was what we were using mm-hmm. to, like mm-hmm. dude i yeah that used to, i used to listen to late night radio too but um that was the worst thing was like wait wh- did they say the name of the song and then oh, just like God. hope i hear it again yeah i used to watch a lot of um mtv and vh1 uh, mm-hmm. I think I guess that was probably my early thing was MTV VH1 because they would play music videos all the time. My sister was, would have the TV on or I'd have it on the background while I played Game Boy or my Lego, whatever it was. Um, I just realized as we were talking about this, like, oh, no, I had my like musical awakening through fucking MySpace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. MySpace yeah. became a thing when I was in eighth grade and then we got into it in high school and everybody was on there. And that's when they really started pushing all like the scene emo bands or whatever. Uh, emo is is the wrong genre definition, but that's what everybody calls it. So that's where like Fall Out Boy and Paramore and like all those mm-hmm. kind of bands started mm-hmm. coming up out of. And so I got really into all that. I was like 15. You know, like this is this was my shit. It's whatever. Um 
super into all that found out that i was way late to the party i felt like everybody in my high school had been into this shit for years um and then from there like almost as like a response to like feeling like i was like going mainstream with my interests uh i got super into like the hardcore punk stuff and our local music scene had been pretty big for a while big in quotes um but it was it was very active like you could go to shows in my small town anytime you wanted to like every every weekend there was a show going on a hardcore show uh in all the neighboring towns bands were coming in all the time so it was a lot of fun you could do all that stuff all the time and then through myspace you could find all of those bands and then just stream the music on their myspace pages um and i think i wanted to be really cool and fit in with all these new kids who a lot of them are still very good friends with uh but i was very much like being a poser like okay i'm really into hardcore punk now i love minor threat and black flag and like i did like all those bands but i was definitely like trying to be somebody else sure. then unfortunately yeah. i got mm-hmm. into the smiths <laughs> after that Ooh, and the smiths yeah. was like a was like a tough guy approved sad band in my area um i mean you still got made fun of if you like the smiths too much but uh then through that i would get you know bright eyes and elliot smith and all those other sad guys and then finally just coming out the other side and be like okay i'm just a normal guy i think i developed a taste in music i can listen to whatever i want now <laughs> You say you feel bad for like realizing that MySpace was um, kind of instructive on your musical taste and whatever, but like I watched Beavis and Butthead episodes and like, oh, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, there's yeah. there's a Tool video that's pretty good. <laughs> like yep, that yep, was yep. that was an intro for like several different types of music. Like you know, Beavis and Butthead just rewatching and go <laughs> or whatever. Like that's right, right. I mean, just it's absolutely insanity when you think about it nowadays. But it's it's it was true. Like I kind in a way I kind of miss it. Like, cause now I go on to Apple Music, and or you can probably assume it's the same thing with Spotify. It don't recommend you stuff, but it's for me. I just feel like I'm never really finding the new things that I like, want to listen to. It's so rare that I find a new band that I really, really get into. And a lot of times, I find I get really into a band and find out that they've been around for like five years, and I yeah. just never heard of them. Um, and so yeah. it's weird. Like, like my I, experience I kind of with Greta Van Fleet it, industry. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what I always do. I'm like, oh, this new band they put out an album, and I'm like, wait, they. They have like four other albums. What? <laughs> what do you mean? I thought I was into this stuff. I thought I was hip. Yeah, finding new music has always been a, a huge challenge, dude. Like, I mean, just uh, that's why you know exposing yourself to like college radio and things like that. Because I don't think that any of the streaming services really like float good music up to you at often. Like, I I don't know if it's just my listening habits. Part of it is also like me and Autumn have a shared playlist, uh, and it's just. You know, her Gothbat Disco playlist that I've talked about on this mm-hmm. podcast before, but like I play that from my phone to the kitchen speaker when we're ki- when we're like cooking and hanging out or whatever. Yeah. So like Spotify thinks my tastes are dramatically different than what they actually are when I'm they just driving in the car by myself. Goth. Thinks I'm very goth. Which hey, Spotify, like k- keep telling people that I'm into it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm I'm like when I'm in my car, I'm not like that's not what I'm going to. And I've I don't know like I've, I've that's why I find Incredible Van Fleet was so weird. Like I was like oh. I really dig this, even though, like, I think it just hit me at the right time. It was one of those things of, like, oh, like, I've heard this before, but I, I'm i kind of ready for more of this. And now yep. Spotify is yep. like, do you want to hear more stuff like this? And I'm like, ah, really? I'm kind of, this was kind of like a two-week phase, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, iTunes is constantly pushing uh the f- not the first but one of the first bright eyes records and i'm like dude i can't listen to that anymore i will die if you make me listen to 17 year old connor Owers crying into his guitar stop itunes and, I'm, and they're like okay yeah we'll stop for one day and then they're back it doesn't fucking end um i think what do i it, so, it recommends a lot of scores to me okay um, that makes sense because i, can see that for I, you. I mean i love video game music but the thing that i i download so much of it 
uh, is because I would create like play- playlists to, like sleep or read to, so like really like mellow music from video games um, or movies or whatever it was, which I guess is like kind of a corny thing to do, but I, I just I really enjoyed that. Uh, but now it's just like I'm inundated with it, and then like me and Jess made a playlist of uh, anime openings, so it's all these J-pop songs, which I like those songs, but now it's recommending me so much Japanese music, and I'm like, sometimes I just I don't I want to know I want to hear I do want to hear what they're saying or I want to understand what they're saying. <laughs> I'm like, what have I done to myself that it's all anime music and video game music, and I never get and then Connor Roberts, I never get anything new anymore. I'm looking uh I'm looking at my Spotify app right now, um, and it's got like uh the the top six playlists that I or the top, last six things that I've listened to playlists or albums. I've been listening to a lot of Junip lately, which is pretty pretty good. You probably like Junip, uh, Jose Gonzalez if you're into that dude. Um, very good, very good. Uh, the first recommendation is more like sexual purity. So you know, if I want to listen okay. to okay. Paradox Obscure or Dancing Plague or Buzz Cole or Rue Oberkampf or Inhuman or Solo Fan or this is a band name that is all capital letters with a space between each letter s y z y g y x i'm not even gonna try that it seems Uh, like it might be too much for me uh then it's recommending podcasts that i might like including one that is called don't give up skeleton that i I will probably get into that a little bit so that's 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 probably good recommendation my my first fucking recommendation on here motion sickness by bright eyes okay see there you go final fantasy 2 soundtrack Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. elder scrolls 4 soundtrack leave me alone i listened Uh, i listened to three albums today and and then i switched to to do another stuff i listened to floodlands by sisters of mercy uh Darklands, not on purpose by jesus and mary jane and then uh this band cold k put out a new album recently i don't remember what that was called uh i so i had a very goth morning because it was raining out it was very dark inside i was like i'm gonna listen to some goth mu- music that has not influenced my recommendations clearly at all and, okay so um, my my discover something new i just want to see if you know any of these bands because i and okay, i guess i should right, listen right, to right, them right, but uh right. hante h-a-n-t-e nope don't know um the i-l-y's nope um charlatan nope uh i I guess this is i don't know if this is a genre or band housefrau (laughs) you could be making these up i'm not not, dude these are all uh Uh, you ever you ever listen to goofy tuesday (laughs) uh this is slater kinney i mean i know slater kinney but like i I like slater kinney i like slater kinney um that song modern girl by slater kinney is like one of my favorite songs ever and okay. It's funny because I I knew of Carrie Brownstein through Portlandia, like not even from her music. So yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah, you like wrote one of my favorite songs. Let's see. Uh, based on your recent listening, it's recommending me a uh, a spooky playlist, a dark gothic playlist, a post punk 2K playlist. Oh okay. What's on the post punk 2K playlist? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Black Midi. I don't know him. Vi- Viagra Boys. <laughs> Very worried. Don't know him. Automatic. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. Tropical fuckstorm. I guess I don't. I don't listen to post punk. Keep going. <laughs> Preoccupations. Okay, I thought you said 2K. I was thinking like the early 2000s. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, idols, Beak, Greater Sand signed. Uh, VR sex, Sweeping Promises, Proto Martyr, uh, Viagra Boys again, Girl Band, Proto Fonta- Martyr. I've heard of them. I've, I've Fontaine's heard of them, DC, 30Cs, uh, Novel with a three where the E should be. Uh, oh, okay. Dry cleaning, Sneaks, more Viagra. Dude, I gotta. I gotta listen to these Viagra Boys. You're making boys. this up. <laughs> I'm not, dude. I will, I will send you the fucking screenshot right now, dude. Like this is all, this is real shit that I am sending you. That, oh, that I am, man. that I'm talking about right now. Like I don't know any of these bands. I guess we're sitting here complaining that they don't, 
send us good like good new music and we're like, I don't know any of these. What are we doing? I don't uh, know what any of this shit yeah. is. I guess I'll listen to post punk 2K. Although if you told me like all of the new music is post punk 2K, I'd be like, there's no way. Absolutely not. Yeah, there's no way. Do you think you could get some uh, shoegaze? Post punk 2000. Do you know? Are you a shoegaze person? I I dab like I listen to like my bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. That's shoegaze, right? I don't know. I don't know how don't. much else I've dabbled. Do you want to? How about a hauntology playlist, Chris? I don't. What does that mean? Is that about ghosts? Like hauntedology? Walk the threshold into the netherworld. Says the description created by Spotify. That sounds tight as fuck. We got uh, Angel Rada, Pram, uh, Jacob Hodge, The Night Monitor, Ordop Walkenstiet, Gang Gang okay. Dance, Hologram Team, King of Woolworths, Broadcast, Perilla. Wilburn Burchett, Pram, John Carpenter. I know that guy. <laughs> that guy I directed like the thing. I Spotify's showing off. Yeah, uh, yeah I think like Spotify's showing off. Cavern of Antimatter, Sparkle Division, Broadcast. Uh, I don't know. Sparkle Division? Sparkle Division. There's a lot of John Carpenter on here. So I don't know. Maybe I need to listen to this, too. This just sounds pretty dope. Um, you know what we should do is probably talk about Supernatural instead of music. Instead for, of just reading uh, reading songs on, my, on this playlist. Because <laughs> I, I feel like we could go all day with this. <laughs> <laughs> just discovering new music. All right, let's do. Uh, I don't even have my notes. Just up. saying whether or not we've heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, here's 30 bands. <laughs> yes or no? Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. 